Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Bible reading today is from Judges chapter 6 and from verses 11 to 16. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophram that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. What would you do if God asked you to do something that you believed was impossible for you to do? How would you respond? You see, I believe that God's in the business of using ordinary people like you and me and empowering us by His Holy Spirit to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. And I believe that God is calling people here today to make a stand, to step out of their comfort zone, and to trust God to do the impossible in your life. And so today we're going to be looking at the call of Gideon because it dramatically illustrates how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. Now just to give you some of the background to this particular story, in Judges chapter one, I mean Judges chapter 6 and verse 1, we discover that Israel had done evil in the eyes of the Lord, and in verse 10 we discover that they had actually turned their backs on God and they were worshipping the gods of the Amorites. As a result, God had handed them over to the Midianites. Now, the Midianites were a nomadic people group, and every time the the Israelites had gone out to harvest, the Midianites with the Amalekites and other eastern people would invade Israel like a swarm of locusts and destroy everything. In verse 4, we read that they did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. And as a result of these oppressive invasions, the Israelites were forced to flee from their homes and to seek shelter in mountain clefts and caves. And this continued for seven years. And as a result, we read in verse 6 that the Midianites so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. They they cried out to God to rescue them. 
And it's within this context that the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And we read in verse 11. Verse 11 says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Aphra that belonged to Joaz the Bezerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So what we discover over here is it's harvest time again, and Gideon is busy threshing wheat, but in a wine press, which is just a, a big hole in the ground. Not the normal place to be threshing wheat. Threshing wheat was the process of separating the wheat grain from the useless outer shell, and therefore they used to always do that out in the open so the wind could blow away this, this outer shell. But Gideon is hiding in a wine press because he's scared. He's scared of the Midianites. He's scared that they might see him, so he's hiding in this wine press. Verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I can just imagine Gideon's reaction to being called a mighty warrior. Mighty warrior? Yeah, right, Mr. Angel. I think you got the wrong guy. See, I'm hiding in a wine press because I'm scared. I'm scared the Midianites might see me. And if they do see me, I'm not sticking around for the fight. I'm out of here. But what we discover over here is that when God looks at you, He sees your potential, not your past results or your current situation. So when God looks at Gideon, this coward, hiding in a wine press, God sees a mighty warrior. Another example is David, the shepherd boy, whose own father didn't think he could possibly be a king, but when God looks at David, he doesn't see a shepherd boy, but he sees the greatest king of Israel. And then in the New Testament, you have, these, you have this bunch of smelly fishermen. And they weren't even good fishermen, were they? I mean, every time you read about them, what are they doing? Mending their nets. But when Jesus looks at them, he doesn't see a bunch of smelly fishermen, but he sees the future leaders of his church that are going to turn the Roman world upside down. And then there's a woman at the well in John chapter 4. She's been divorced five times. She's currently living with a man out of marriage. She goes to the well at the hottest part of the day because she can't bear to face the stares, the whispering, and the cold shoulders from the other woman in the town. But when Jesus looks at her, he doesn't see an outcast, he doesn't see a failure, but he sees an evangelist and he says, she is the one who's going to take the gospel to her own town. This is the good news. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you the way other people see you. He doesn't judge you on your past experiences or your past results or your current situation, but rather he sees your potential. And he calls you a mighty warrior. And we need to start seeing ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Now when the angel uh, says to Gideon in verse uh, 12 that, that the Lord is with you, Gideon takes exception to this. And we read in verse 13, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, 
But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon is complaining about God's apparent lack of action. He's complaining about God's apparent lack. Again, I can just imagine Gideon's response to the angel. The Lord is with us? Yeah, right, Mr. Angel. If God is with us, then why has all this happened to us? If God is with us, why doesn't he do something? Why doesn't he rescue us from these Midianites? Or at least, why doesn't he raise up a mighty military leader to rescue us? Why doesn't God do something? At which God replies, I am doing something. Am I not sending you? See, we read the next verse in verse 14. It says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? See, we can walk around the town and we can see all the problems. We can see the millions of people who don't know Jesus. We can see the poor and the oppressed. We can see the homeless. We can see all the refugees. And we feel as though God has abandoned us. And we shout out to God, God, why, why don't you do something? Or at least, why don't you raise up someone to do something? And God replies, I am doing something. Am I not sending you? God's calling all of us. Now Gideon, in verse 14 we discover, was was called to go and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Now we haven't been called to go and fight the Midianites. In fact, we haven't been called to go and fight anyone, just to make that quite clear. But we have been called. And we read in, in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, and verses 18 and 19, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And we've also been called to love our neighbor as ourselves, and to look after the poor and the oppressed. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25 and verses 37 to 40, Then the righteous will ask, answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in hospital and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We've all been called to go and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now Gideon reacts to this call. And we read in verse 15, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. What we discover over here is that God uses ordinary people. In fact, 
To, to call Gideon ordinary is probably a compliment. Again, I can just imagine uh, the interaction between the angel. Okay, now I understand, Mr. Angel. You got the wrong guy. Let me introduce myself to you. My name's Gideon, and I am the weakest and the least member in my family. My family is the least and the weakest family in my clan. My clan is the weakest clan in my tribe. My tribe is the weakest tribe in Israel. And Israel is this country that all the surrounding nations have impoverished. There's absolutely no way I can save Israel. And perhaps that's how you feel at the idea that God's calling you. Maybe you, like Gideon, feel this. There's absolutely no way I can make a difference for the kingdom of God. I'm too ordinary. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not gifted enough. Well, if that's how you feel today, then this is what I've got to say. Great! Because you are just the kind of person God loves to work with. You see, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27 that God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. I can remember years ago when I was still living in South Africa, I had the opportunity to listen to this guy called Jan Pitt speak. He was the head of Open Doors South Africa at the time. Open Doors is a Christian organization that specializes in in smuggling Bibles into closed countries. Countries that have outlawed Christianity and outlawed the sale of the Bible. They bring the Bible into those countries, to those Christian communities within those countries. And nevertheless, he was saying, I want to tell you about our best Bible smuggler. Immediately he grabbed my attention and I had all these images going through my mind of the best Bible smuggler. You know what I mean, like an Indiana Jones kind of guy with a leather jacket, rucksack on the back, full of Bibles, whip in hand. And he said, she is a little old lady. I mean, that totally ruined my image of a Bible smuggler. And he carried on by saying that she was partly deaf and partly blind. And this is what she did. She would fill her two suitcases full of Bibles, get onto a plane and fly straight into China. This is back in the time when, when it was illegal, still illegal to sell a Bible in China. She would fly straight into China. She would get at the airport. She would collect her bags. And as she was coming through customs, there would be a sign that would say, nothing to declare this way, something to declare that way. But she was partly blind, so she didn't see the sign, so she just walked straight past. At which a security guard said, excuse me, lady, you can't go through there. She was partly deaf, so she didn't hear him, and so she just walked straight past. At which a security guard started shouting, excuse me, lady, lady, lady. And at this commotion, the head security guard came running over and shouted, This is China, and in China you don't shout at old ladies. Now go home, carry her bags. And so this Chinese security guard grabbed these two suitcases full of Bible and carried it through customs for her. You see, our God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise and the weak things of this world to shame the strong. To get back to to Gideon's question, 
where he says in uh, verse 15, but how can I save Israel? Can Gideon save Israel? No. I mean, there's absolutely no way Gideon can save Israel by himself. (coughs) Here comes the good news. Verse 16 says, The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites. I will be with you. And when God promises to be with Gideon, He's promising to empower Gideon and equip Gideon by His Holy Spirit so that he can do the task. And that's exactly what happens. If you were to carry on within the story, you get to verse 34, and it says, And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizarites to follow him. Suddenly this timid, scared coward becomes a powerful leader. What caused the change? What made the difference? The difference was that the Holy Spirit had come upon him and had empowered him and equipped him for the task. This is the secret of all the great heroes in the Bible. This is what makes them great. It's not their expertise, their experience, their natural gifting, their courage that makes them great. No, the only thing that makes them great is the fact that the Spirit of God has come upon them and empowered them and enabled them to do the task. When God calls us to do something that we think is impossible, God promises to be with us. He promises to empower us and enable us and equip us by His Holy Spirit. And then the impossible will become possible. But this is only going to happen if we start to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Mighty warrior. And when we come to realize that God is calling us to go and make a difference for the kingdom of God. What I believe that God is saying to us this morning is simply this. Am I not sending you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so humbled by the fact that you desire first a relationship with us. And then secondly, you have these amazing plans and purposes for our life. That you want to do these extraordinary things through us. Your Father, we, one, feel humbled and secondly, we feel nervous and intimidated. And so, Father, so often we, we confess that we just retreat into our own wine press and cry out that you've abandoned us and you must do something. Father, help us to realize that you are calling us to make the difference. That you are prepared to empower us and enable us and release us to love those who are unloved and forgotten by society. To stand up for the poor and the press. And Father, I pray right now that you would give each one of us a vision of something that we can do. We, we realize that the, the, the world's problems are, are way beyond us and overwhelming. But Father, we thank you that there's something that each one of us can do.
Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you would burden our heart with what that one thing is. And that you would encourage us to step up, stand out, get out of our comfort zone. And allow you to do the impossible in our life. Father, give us dreams to dream. Give us a vision of what we can do. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.